Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Today, let's take a quick look at Jam. Oh. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Basketball lovers. This one's for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. hey yo, hey yo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team, just like Tassie's shirt. Joining us live on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. We're getting real close to 100,000 subs on YouTube. Podcast listeners, do us a favor, leave us a five-star rating and review. We got a little Is This News coming up. We're going to talk about some of last night's big games. But we had another freaking wedgie. Wedgie number 37. Unbelievable stuff here. Maybe a travel there from Good. <laughs> Stumbling and bumbling into that wedgie late in this game. It was a crunch time wedgie. That's our eighth wedgie in February. Wow. It's February 13th. We've had eight wedgies already. Look at that pace. 59. So we are cooking right now. And people want, like, uh, an investigation into the balls. <laughs> What's going on with these sticky balls? But uh, we're happy to see 37. I can't believe that one's stuck. Yeah. That yeah. was a very soft shot up to the rim to actually <laughs> wedge in there. Good stuff. Nice. That's uh, Shangun's second of the season as well. Mm. Uh, but into the actual games. we got to start with uh, Victor Wembenyama logging uh, the triple-double with blocks in a Spurs victory over our Toronto Raptors. Tass Wembenyama put together one of the all-time stat lines. 27 points, 14 boards, 10 blocks, 5 assists, and 2 steals in the 122-99 win against the Raps. Wow. In Toronto, Raps fans may be hurt half their body after watching what their team did. <laughs> but the other half has got to be happy just watching this guy grow, blossom. He's getting way better. Ten blocks, by far, his highest this season. And it's just because he's getting so physical. I mean, we're watching a guy who just just turned 20, and I think a big part of why he's become so good on the interior is just because he's getting stronger and Greg Popovich was saving this guy from playing center for a lot of this season, but now he's playing a ton. You saw from the first possession where Jakob Pearl tried to go through Victor Wembanyama, got the ball in the post, put his shoulder into Wembanyama's chest. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm so much stronger than this guy. I'm just going to throw him to the, to the uh, baseline. That did not happen. No. Wemby just held his own, blocked the snot out of him. I I think this. I just want to go through every block almost. I mean, Scotty Barnes when he had the Wembenyama down low, we saw the Scotty fake one way, go the other because he's good at that. Wembenyama blocked the snot over. He just he just held his own, blocked it. Barnes able to get the rebound. I'll I'll, I'll just block that too. Uh, it, it went all the way down to Grady Dick. Uh, that was so funny. The tenth block was hilarious, and that Grady Dick. Good game for Grady Dick. But this one was so funny in that he just kind of – he was falling and yeah. kind of had to throw it up 
And Wemiyama did not jump. This was a dad against his little kid <laughs> in the totally driveway. Snotting, blocked Grady Dick as he fell to the ground. I mean, we could get into the offense because the offense was cool, but the 10 blocks was just more fun, I think, <laughs> in this game. Uh, but he was showing some great stuff offensively. Ravs fans must be hurt. But at the same time, you're watching a guy who won Rookie of the Year already. It was a fun race with Chet Holmgren, but this is over. I mean, he's, he's just becoming so good. Um, yeah. Do you, do you agree with that statement? Do you think uh, it's sort of a wrap here that uh, Weminyama is going to win Rookie of the Year over Chet? Yeah, I don't think it'll be unanimous, but I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. I think, uh, honestly, he won it when he had a 38-point game in the first month of the season. Because <laughs> you knew it was just going to eventually snowball to the fact where he's doing it every single night. And as it turns out, as soon as the Spurs started playing normal lineups... Victor Wembanyama's awesome. Guess what? He's a center. Duh. Guess what? He needs a point guard. Duh. And now he's awesome. 12 for 26 from three in six February games. He's finding out how to shoot three-pointers now from NBA (laughs) range as well. I saw the box score said that Jakob Pertl made five shots last night. I don't believe it. <laughs> I know he got blocked four times, yeah, and he, he seemed to have zero plan going against Wembenyama because he tried to put him in the basket and it wasn't working. So I'm guessing the five shots he made must have been wide open. Yeah, he got a couple for sure. Against Wemby his old team. There. Yeah, He wanted to show his old team, I'm, I'm going to score on you. They're probably like, good thing we traded this guy. We got bad and got the number one pick. Oh, my goodness. And we're getting a pick from the Raptors. Yeah, probably. Probably. The uh, rookie in Weminyama, fifth player in NBA history with 25 points, 10 boards, 10 blocks, and five assists in a game since blocks became an official statistic in 73-74. So he joins Akeem Olajuwon, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, David Robinson, and Ralph Sampson. Also, this one caught me by surprise. First rookie to have 10 blocks in a game since Josh Smith. Wow. In 2004, I was like, holy moly. <laughs> I would not remember that game. But, uh, yeah, you know what I love about the blocks, too? This is going to sound silly, maybe, but, like, you know, sometimes blocks, well, you're putting them into the third row. You're knocking them out of bounds. You're actually giving the team another chance. I believe, by my count, in watching this game, eight of Wemby's blocks were collected by himself or the Spurs. <laughs> and the other ones, I think, were those ones where it was like the double block. So it was like, it was blocked, went back to, let's say, Barnes, and it just got blocked again. That's pretty incredible. Like, he's not, he's, not only is he de- deterring guys at the rim and blocking it, but it's going the other way because he's usually coming up with it because he just gobbles it up. And your, your um, example of it looks like Trey Kirby honestly playing against his, you know, five-year-old in the driveway. That's what it looks like. That Grady Dick Dominant. one. A couple other ones, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I had a, I had a practice last night with our YMCA team. I was out there. We were short a guy. I'm blocking guys left and right. I'm feeling Wemby like mode. Wemby, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's nuts, and he's only going to get better. And here's the crazy part. The block's awesome. The three-pointer's great. You see some of the dimes this guy was throwing at 7-4? No look passes, nice little like, you know, pick and roll action off with his offhand to guys in motion. Like like every skill he's just getting better and better here and adding to it. So it's pretty special. Yeah. He's gonna have a quadruple double at some point in his career. Yeah. Only four guys have ever done it, but Wemby's absolutely gonna do it at some point. It sure feels that way. Especially when they're running the offense through him more now, because they yeah. weren't at the beginning of the season. But now that they give him the ball at the elbow and he is taller than everybody so he's got the sight lines to pass to all these guys and all these guys are running cuts so it feels like he's just going to be able to find guys to get to 10 assists uh no yeah. problem how about when he just starts playing 35 minutes a game? yeah i was yeah. gonna say he played under 30 yeah. last that's night, crazy so. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's why the minutes are have been on restriction so that's a big part of it and now he's playing center and obviously getting stronger as the season goes on he's gonna get stronger into year two as he's only turned 20 so yeah raps fans again in that arena 
it sucked for them, but also no, it's no, awesome. it doesn't. Yeah, it's something at least to like get excited about. <laughs> yeah, wow, this guy might stunk. have a five by five. This guy might have a quadruple double. Yeah, yeah our team's garbage. So like, <laughs> well, that hurt. That hurt too. That hurt because Radojevic had to pull the pop and say timeout after they go down eight yeah, zero, well, and they yeah. had to keep on calling timeouts and timeouts <laughs> because their stars weren't acting like stars because. <sighs> Weminyama looks phenomenal. Even the offensive moves, even when he went, he pulled that mid-range, fake one way, go to the other way, and then dunk it. Uh, that was awesome, getting by Pirtle and then being able to pass it through everywhere. It was cool. It was cool. This was Weminyama's only game in a foreign country this year. Maybe he was in Canada <laughs> hearing announcements in French as well. He thought, whoa, this is cool. I'm in a different country where they speak French. <laughs> what do you think is more likely, now that you said it, will he get a 5 by 5 game First or the quadruple double game? First. Because one of them's coming. Uh, yeah. Five by five, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he had, I think he was short a couple steals and blocks at the half Yeah. Uh, last night. The steals, you know, sometimes tough to acquire because he had two early ones and then I think he finished with two steals. Um, but yeah, filled up the rest of the box score. You're going to go uh, five by five. Hmm, man, I don't know. Uh, Maybe quadruple double is more likely because the 10 blocks. There have only he, been five of them in history. I though. know, but like he's obviously going to have those incidents where he gets like three blocks in one sort of play. You know what I mean? Like, and that happens once or twice, and you're almost basically there, or you're more than halfway there. Sis won't be an issue. I'm with you when he starts playing more, and you know you have a hot shooter that night, and he gets a couple cheap ones like that, handing it off. Hmm. I guess put me down. Put me down. This is an insane thing that he's going to have more likely to have a quadruple double before a five by five. What you're the this, you're the final vote here. Which mm-hmm. one are you going? Yeah, I think it'll be five by five. Okay, okay. Uh, the Spurs have had two quad doubles before. They'll have a third <laughs> if if that happens, mm-hmm. if and when it happens. Yeah. Uh, but as for Ravs fans, come on. The Scotty Barnes effort was a little puzzling in this one. We can talk about getting Kelly Olenek and getting Ochai Abaji, but really it comes down to Barnes and quickly growing. And that's what this 30-game span is here. It's just a trial period to see what the heck we're going to build in the summer because those guys have to grow a little bit. Unfortunately, that's that there was won't be the, the a lot opposite. of victories to go with that growing. But you're right. Well, I mean, they 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 hope that there are. They have a, an all star. They just traded both OG and, o, and Anobi and Precious Precious uh, Siakam. Siakam, yeah, OG and Anobi for a guy in Manuel quickly that they want to pay a lot to for RJ Barrett and him. And there's hopes. There's there's there was a lot of comments here. People getting mad at me for saying. The acquisition of Kelly Olenek and Ochai Baji, it's fine, but it really all depends on the other two guys growing. And just to see Scotty Barnes, who who's so damn talented, but I, the effort wasn't there mm-hmm. on on either end, really, in a weird, weird game. In a, in a game where the Spurs are on this rodeo trip, this was their first win, where they keep losing on this rodeo trip. Uh, so it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And they got What's hammered. Going on? They got hammered. Yeah. One uh, last big question. Sure. You think he can finish top three in Defensive Player of the Year? This yeah. season? Yeah. Yes, this season. I do. He's leading the league in blocks. He blocks I mean, almost 10% of shots when he's out there. Wow. The Spurs are obviously not good defensively as a whole, but Wembenyama is like maybe the best shot blocker in the league already. Yeah, I think he can yeah. because I don't I don't think he's going to win it. I think it is going to go to more likely a Gobert yeah. because of the team's defensive record, but there will be a lot of you know, people putting him on their ballots in the third, fourth, fifth spot, so that might accumulate. Yeah, I, I think so. He's got I people mean, scared, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, people are shook. I mean... Yeah, we could get into how many defensive player of the year's trophies will he win uh, moving forward uh, when you know when, there, when there's a better team around him and stuff like that. They, uh, they got to keep a tally of how many blocks he has 
on his feet without jumping uh, because <laughs> no, he yeah, leads yeah. the league in block shots yeah. per game, but he probably leads the league in just standing blocks too. Uh, there's a lot of those yeah. when he plays. Well, even you said the dunk where he goes around Pirtle and goes go-go gadget arms, like sort of looking like Giannis. Like if you watch it, he's almost it almost feels like he's on the ground when he's dunking it. Mm. You know, he explodes by, reaches, and he's so long that it's like it feels like his feet are like just an inch off the ground as he sort of posterizes the guy, which is just really trippy to see. So great game from him. Let's move on to some controversial play co- uh, calling here from the officials, I should say. Uh, the Knicks, they are stunned after a late foul sets up a Rockets winning free throws. Holiday gets to go to the line. Brunson called for the foul after, you know, a block there from Precious Achua finds his way to Holiday. And wow. It was so bad that after the game the officials like looked at it again and like, oh, whoops. We screwed that one up. Ed Malloy saying that, who was the crew chief, that uh, they thought there was lower body contact, which was illegal contact, but their opinion just changed after the game. Quote, after seeing it during the post-game review, the offensive player was able to return to a normal playing position on the floor. The contact which occurred after the release of the ball, therefore, is incidental and marginal to the shot attempt and should not have been called. What do you think? <laughs> Immediately saying, I'm bad on that one. Well, the odd thing about video reviews that referees do is that they can't take a call back because Ed Malloy reviewed it on the floor to see when the shot was released. He put got three seconds back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to put point three seconds back. He got there, he reviewed the clock, and he, he knew that the illegal contact, content, contact happened with point three, but but he knew that it wasn't illegal. And so <laughs> and so there was no challenge for him to be able to take it back. The Knicks didn't have one or else they would have used one. And so he knew. And then yeah, when he met with our Fred Katz of the Athletic after it the buzzer, I don't think he even need to go check it again. That's yeah, that's the weird yeah, thing. Like yeah. why can't you just take a call back when you know that Jalen Brunson was jumping by to put his hands up and Aaron Holiday just threw his left arm out. It he said it should not have been called. And this was like a sort of like, it was like a heave variety too. I mean, he's way back. <laughs> it right? was a chuck. It was yeah, a one arm exactly. chuck. It was a baseball chuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think, uh, I mean, you're right. It's weird. It's a weird situation it's weir- that he knows, weird. damn, it's wrong in reviewing it there to get the timing right. <laughs> Gotta look right away. But I can't change it. And maybe this is something they should consider being allowing them to. Yeah. Right? Sure. Because otherwise we just get this right after the game. He's like, oh, I screwed up. I mean, we're wrong, but I can't change it there because of the rules. It's weird. That was weird. (laughs) Totally. And then the Rockets reviewed one in the first half. At the end of the first half, basically the same thing. The Rockets said, I want to challenge this Dante DiVincenzo shot. And it was reversed Um, because it was another chuck. uh, And he kicked his leg out. And so the call was reversed. But that one was able to be challenged. Anyways, um, it was very strange. And Malloy knows. He is the crew chief. He knew. He knew. Yeah. When Brun- he saw it. Brunson was asked about what he thought of the foul. Uh, called three <laughs> different times after the game. And three different times <laughs> Brunson answered with the same four words. Great call. Next question. Again, he was asked about three different times about the, uh, you know, the unfortunate call. And he always said, great call. Next question. Mm-hmm. Great call. Next question. But, uh, I mean, it's, look, they, they should have had a chance to, to play in overtime. Brunson hit two huge shots to even give them a chance. I mean, they, they came back, they scrambled back, and we should have had five more minutes of basketball in this one. And Ed Malloy knows that. 
<laughs> Ed Malloy knows that, and he had to answer all the questions. It wasn't even him who called the foul. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's that bald He's that guy. crew chief. Yeah. <laughs> the bald guy. Whoever that bald guy was <laughs> made the call. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> a couple of nice defensive plays, though, uh, by the Knicks down the stretch. Yeah. Getting the stop on uh, Shangun, leading to the wedgie there, mm-hmm. and then the defense, I guess it was on Jalen Green, yep. drove to the hoop, uh, trying to get to the hoop, and then had to kick it out to Aaron Holiday. Just a, a dumb call, but... I don't know, until they change the review rules to when re- the review window is open, anything is okay, I yes, guess. Yeah. Uh, but that just means longer, longer fourth quarters. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Yes. It's a slippery slope. Or just get rid of review. You know? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't it. need those point three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they screw it up anyway when there is reviews. Exactly. So exactly, let's just man. continue to have them screw it up without just reviews. Play the game. and the games are faster. So uh, Rockets get the uh, the needed win there. You know, Holiday had to hit. You got got a chance to hit three, hit the first two, and then purposely missed the last one, and they win. That was cool. To see, Amin Thompson. We're talking about five by five. He had a four by five, uh, starting for the Houston Rockets. Eight points, thirteen boards, mm. five assists, and five steals. Just like his brother, I mean, he just works extremely hard on the defensive end, and, and he's so athletic. Uh, so it, it is cool to see that up against the Knicks team that obviously is rolling a little thin. No OG, no Randall, no Isaiah Hartenstein. So the three, four, five are just replacements, as well as the backup five, uh, Mitchell Robinson not playing. So that kind of stinks. Uh, but they have, uh, I think they're playing a tomorrow. They get a back-to-back situation for uh, whoever they're playing is on a back-to-back. Is it the Wolves? Uh, it's somebody good. Um, yeah. But they have already won three in a row. Sorry, lost three in a row here. So that kind of stinks going into the All-Star game. But that would be their last game before the All-Star game. So they need some uh, some rest to chill it out here. Still very confused why these Thompson bros are not in the Rising Stars game over All-Star weekend. Put one of them in. That's, wait, one guy named? No, put no, one yeah, like, literally, yeah, oh. I mean, I guess you kind of got to have both of them. But well, that's I, they both could have made it, I think. I know. I mean, look, it's not like we're going off the team's yeah, records and yes, stuff like yes. that. And the Rockets are actually even good. It's like, it's just weird. And yeah, I kept wait. Maybe they kept thinking, ah, there'll be some injury replacements. And there was one. We'll slip. Yeah, there was. Yeah, one. there was one, and it wasn't one of them. It was Sohan, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they may uh, have, they may have wanted to do the whole nah, sure more, get another sophomore. Sure but anyway, uh, strange. All right, let's move on. Buddy Hield. Scored 24 as the 76ers ended the Cavs' nine-game win streak with the 123-121 victory. Buddy getting buckets in this one. I thought he was cooking Max Struess. <laughs> I felt bad for Struess as this game went down the stretch. And he was just on an island out there, and Buddy was feeling it, uh, either blowing by it or step, you know, creating room and hitting the three. He looked great. Buddy was in takeover mode. Yeah. It was like a complete Buddy game. He was obviously hitting threes, but then driving to the hoop, finishing inside, and the passing, eight assists. You don't see that from Buddy Heald all that often. I was feeling crazy because I was wanting to see Isaac Okoro out there. Mm. <laughs> he would have helped defensively to be able to stay in front of Buddy because Buddy was the go-to guy uh, for the Sixers. They got a definitely a weird look to them right now. Yeah. They're so much smaller and faster than when Embiid is cooking, so they play a different style right now. No Tobias Harris last night as well. Another guy who can, at his worst, be a ball stopper and take his time with decisions. They were just flowing into offense, in transition all night. Paul Reed made a great play to block Donovan Mitchell's layup right at the end of the game. Yep. So an impressive win for the 76ers. And, you know, a tough loss for the Cavs, but they've won quite a few games so they'll take a take one here yeah yeah some some duds happening in the nba a little bit i think that happened to the Cavs. just weren't ready dallas almost lost to washington last night Uh, but just watching this philadelphia 76ers team their rotation 
going into this game that was running it down the throat of the Cavs. Listen to this rotation. They started K.J. Martin, Paul Reed, Buddy Heald, Kelly Oubre, and Tyrese Maxey off the bench. Campaign, Ricky Council the fourth, mm-hmm. Mo Bamba, and Turquavian Smith. That's who was playing. And they were be- able to beat the Cavs because they were continuously running it down their throats. And it was Buddy Heald and Kelly Oubre that were huge. Kelly Oubre, 10 of 14 for 24 points for himself to go along with Buddy's 24 points. Great effort from them. Um, they were mm-hmm. playing like a team. And uh, the Mo Bamba spark here, uh, will he be their backup center? Or will it be Paul No Reed? Bamba. Yeah, uh, it. It's interesting. He played well last he night. Did. It was Him, good. Buddy it was good. Buddy was playing really well with the two bigs, both Bamba and Paul Reed. They had some nice actions going where you're like, oh, I can like to see this with Embiid, but he's such a different player than those yeah. guys because of his size and, and the other things that he can do. But, yeah, Buddy Hield has, has been a great addition, great start to this team at the deadline in, in the, what, three games he's played. It's looked really strong. And they need him right now with yeah. Embiid out. They absolutely need his offense because it takes – a little pressure off Maxi to be a ball handler, and then when Maxi's a ball handler, there's so much more space with Buddy Heald because he's a dangerous, dangerous shooter. Five for eight from three last night, and eight threes is the fewest he's taken in a game for the Sixers yeah. so far. Yeah. Uh, another game of note, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards helping the Wolves rally in the second half for the 121-100 victory over the Clippers. I thought this one was important because the Timberwolves remain atop the West. That's their third win in their last four games, and the Clippers had been rolling and this was a bit of a you know statement win here, I thought, from Minnesota taking care of business. But anything else uh, jump out to you? I'm always worried for the Los Angeles Clippers when I see a big team on the other side, just their three, four, five, because they're playing Kawhi at the three, Paul George at the four, and Vitsa Zubats at the five. So when you go up against a giant team with Gobert, Towns, and Jaden McDaniels, same with the Nuggets, I think, with Jokic and Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., there could be a problem, and mm. I, I think that was the issue here. Even though they they tried to go small, it was fun to see Russell Westbrook playing the five for a big chunk of the second quarter, and they went on the run and and took care of business. 20-7 to seven run with Westbrook at the five, but in the third quarter, Timberwolves woke up and were able to just stop the Clippers. And we said a lot about guys getting into Wemby's space and being a little scared that he was going to block the snout of them. That happened in this game. Rudy Gobert... He freaked out the Clippers a little bit just because how good he was defensively. Clippers shot just 35% in the third quarter when they took over, and the Wolves scored 64 points in the paint to just 42 for the Clippers. It's just a size size thing is is the Clippers' worry, I think, that they're going to be looking at mm-hmm. uh, for the next couple months. But a really like elite defensive game from Minnesota when you know, the Clippers are like the third best team offensively in the NBA, and then the Minnesota, like they hold them to an offensive rating of 104, which is dreadful uh, in today's league. So... Good stuff, and their whole thing. I saw Ziller point this out. Minnesota, like pre- their whole their whole scheme, prevent quarter threes. The Clippers took one one corner three all game, so mission accomplished there. Especially in the second half when they got back into it, and then didn't let the Clippers shoot all that well in the restricted area. So you pair those together, and uh, and a twenty one point victory. TK, anything else to add? Yeah, Minnesota shot sixty eight percent from two in this game. It was completely big boy basketball. You guys mentioned all the points in the paint, but I actually think it'll be different for the Clippers when they play in the playoffs because they won't play their big guys. Like Daniel Tice was <laughs> an absolute cone out there. He got the run for Mason Plumley after Plumley played in the first half. I think they will go completely small ball and try and stretch out a team like the Wolves and say, hey, play a game like that every single night. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there are times when Carl Anthony Towns is 
aggressive drive into the hoop, and there are times when he wants to take 16 three-pointers in a game. So uh, maybe the math works out for the Clippers' long run, something like that, but I thought they looked their best when they were playing small. I want to see a series because it was fun in the second quarter to see, hey, we're going small. Literally, it was Terrence Mann at the point, PG, Kawhi, and James Harden, and then Russell Westbrook at the five up against the Timberwolves team, and they were able to score 27. So it'll be fun to see if they go teeny tiny um, like they did in this one, and they were able to – to handle it, but the Wolves have beat the Clippers the last two times now. Uh, they feel good against the Clippers. Yeah, did you see Norman Powell who uh, came back after taking a shot to his forehead and the stitches that he yeah, had, like right wicked, down man. the middle? It looked crazy. Yeah, but uh, good to see him back. But oh my God, you don't see stitches in that spot. <laughs> he looked like a football, right? Like the way <laughs> he just it was laced like up, wild stuff. They gave him the Frankenstein stitches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just a bunch of other games on. I'll chuck them at you touch on any that you want to uh luca his 10th triple double of the season mavs sort of squeaked by the uh wizards there 112 104 clay thompson with 26 warriors they're hot they crushed the jazz without steve kerr uh the bucks flexed their defensive muscle in a dominant victory over the denver nuggets so two of the better teams in each conference pelicans held on to beat the grizzlies 96 87 that's low scoring. Hornets got past the Pacers. That's a big one in the nut dust bowl standings for TK. That's their second straight win, 111-102. And then you were in attendance down at the Fortress for Io scoring a career-high 29 as the Bulls uh, posted a season-high in points, 136 to 126. I mean, you're playing Atlanta. You're going to get some points. But, uh, yeah, what are, any scenes from the Fortress? I mean, beautiful play-in preview. The yeah. nine ten seed is yes. going to be lit. Uh, I watched the highlights back this morning, and I was laughing because in the second quarter, Bulls have, are at 45 points with about three minutes left, and Bob Rathman says, boy, these boy, Bulls sure struggle to score, don't they? <laughs> and then they finished with 136. Like you said, their season high this season, four starters scored over 20 points uh, in this one. Uh, everybody except for Torrey Craig, who made a big shot down the stretch as well. But Ayo Desumu was kind of the story of the night. I'm just going to make an MIP case for him, but he's like the second most improved player on the Bulls. So he makes the second team, I think. 29 points, 7 assists, 5 for 7 from 3. He had the favorable matchup because the Hawks were putting their lengthy defenders on either DeRozan or Kobe White. So it's basically uh, Trey Young versus Io DeSumo, and Io just plays really well against Trey Young. Yeah. The speed he has and a little bit of a size advantage as well. Io's at 41% from 3, a career high takes like three a game but in the since january 1st the year of our lord 2024 14 per game three rebounds three assists a steal a block 55 49 and 81 this guy is a really really solid player uh and he looked good last night but i knew this game was over in the third quarter dale and terry made a three-pointer oh that's i was like oh it's good terry's hitting threes it's done (laughs) it's a wrap (laughs) yeah i did look it up because uh i'm with you i feel like io always plays well against the hawks and i checked the career splits it sort of checks out. You know, some of his better stats overall are against the Hawks. He's had some other good, uh, you know, series, I guess, when you look at other teams he's played. But it does check out a little bit. Plays well. And he does a good job, obviously, defensively, he too. He does good on Trey. On uh, sort of trying to bottle up Trey. Any other uh, games you wanted to touch on there? Well, I, I found this uh, story on the Wizards and Mavericks that almost made a trade. Very interesting. Kyle Kuzma was almost traded to the Washington Wizards. To the Mavs. Yes, because he <laughs> plays for the Washington Wizards. Kyle Kuzma was almost traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. They made another trade for Daniel Gafford, who had an awesome night last night, 16 and 17 in his first start uh, for Washington. But Kyle Kuzma was approached by the president, Michael Winger, who said to him, this is the trade on the paper here. You see this? 
do you want to be traded for this? He, he was actually approached, and, and, and Kuzma said, nah, I want to be here. And he brought up that, uh, according to our Josh Robbins of The Athletic, who brought the, wrote, wrote an article that someone was approached with a trade and he said, no, I don't want to be traded. You don't hear that very often, that a guy comes out. He said, no, actually, there are only a few true contenders. I've won a title, and I know there's only a few true contenders, and I don't think our timelines fit. Basically saying the Mavs aren't going to win the title. That's basically what he said. And I'm getting a little too old for that this year. I don't know what he's what he's implying, uh, but he's basically saying, like, I want to stay <laughs> in Washington. Weird, uh, the trade wasn't all that good. Apparently, we don't know the exact names, but Michael Winger literally approached Kyle Kuzma and said, do you want to be traded to okay. the Dallas Mavericks? All of this is very weird. <laughs> yeah, this, it's, a, it's an incredible article from I'll The Athletics. i have to read this. I haven't checked this out. Josh yet. Robbins yeah. basically said that Michael Winger said, okay, we can make this trade. And he, he doesn't have a no trade clause or anything. It basically just came down to Kuzma wanting to leave Washington. And he said, no, I don't. Which is strange. And a part of the equation apparently is because he didn't want to go to Dallas. Well, I, yeah. He's like, ah, they're not a real. I guess they're not. Yeah, he, he felt... <laughs> I won't make that much of a difference. <laughs> yeah. I am absolutely not the missing piece. <laughs> and they might spend, sign Spencer Dinwiddie. And, uh, and then there's going to be, be pressure on me though. It's not going to be fair. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd rather just play here in Washington where no one cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Score 21 a game. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was insulted by the package coming back and he said i want to be traded for more than that because the Mavs don't have huge names to trade right which is also hilarious if he actually wanted to go play for a better team kyle kuzma should want the dallas mavericks to trade as little as possible for a player like him because yeah. that means his team would be better his new team <laughs> yeah well, he said he said we're quote we're not on the same timeline all right. Again, that's a that's an odd thing to say, yeah, I guess. I guess, but... he, I guess he's got his ring. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that a little bit, but you're right. But maybe he likes to shoot because he wouldn't shoot as much in in Dallas, that's for sure. No. Doesn't want to play with Daniel Gafford anymore. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> Don't like the pairing. What happened in this Bucks Nuggets game? I was consuming a game down at the Fortress, but I see that the Bucks blew out the Nuggets. Defense. Man. I saw a little bit of a uh, that the the Nuggets sat both Jamal Murray and Contavious Caldwell-Pope in the second half with, like, little minor injuries, but they were getting blown out at the time. But near 5-by-5 five five for Giannis, I guess. 36 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, <laughs> 3 steals, and 2 blocks. A stat sheet was stuffed mm. uh, against the big guy, Nikola Jokic, there. I know people, the Bucks fans are saying the agendas are running wild. We didn't even mention this Oh, game. yes. Sorry, yes, man. Yes. I was watching uh, a game with my eyes. Everyone complains. Everyone just bitches and moans. It's all that happens, you know? Where are all the... Come on. Where are all the Hornets fans right now? Where, why aren't they freaking out? They won two in a row here. 111-102. What a win over the Pacers. Yeah, no. The, the Bucks looked like... Uh, definitely more like the defensive juggernaut books that... Bucks, excuse me, that we've seen in the past. Uh, and that was... A, it's a dominant victory, uh, which is why no one really cared all that much to talk about it. Because it was a little boring, if we're being honest. Yeah, the strange part was that Jamal Murray only hit one shot in this game. Um, he just was taken out of it and seemed a little bit out of it. And the Bucks are just, they're going home here. They've played a lot of games on the road since the, the moves happened. But since they've gotten back home, they feel a lot better. They feel a lot better. They look a lot better, that's for sure. They've won their last two by a combined 53 points after losing five of their first six games under Doc Rivers. So Doc is riding the ship here. As we get into the All-Star break, we only got a few games left before everybody's taking a week off, basically, in the NBA. That's right around the corner. Uh, speaking of breaks, let's take one, and when we come back, a little Is This News. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Uh, let's get into Is This News. Okay, look, I'll be honest. There wasn't the craziest news out there over the last 24 hours. We were having to uh, rifle through the newspapers and the magazines <laughs> and, uh, you know, any little... Anything written down on a piece of paper. First headline comes from Family Circus. <laughs> Billy tore up the garden again. Is this news? <laughs> Not with that cartoon, no. Uh, no, we got some uh, unfortunate injury news. We'll start with that. First one comes by way of the AP. Pelicans card. Dyson Daniels has a torn meniscus. No timeline for his return. Is this news? Well, this is news. He was coming off their bench, Um so I guess a lot of people maybe don't know about Dyson Daniels, but he's just a, an incredible damn defender. Yeah. He could be involved in the all-defensive teams. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be on one. He's just been phenomenal. So, yeah, strictly that. I mean, he's he's up there in, in, in terms of deflections and steals. He's up in the top 10, playing a lot of minutes. The scoring is a little bit lacking, but it's nice to have that guy around. So, yes, the fact that it is a no timeline for return – who knows when he comes back? This could be the end of his season. Absolutely. Could be. Yeah. Hopefully not. What do you think? Is this newsworthy? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what they decide on uh, the treatment for him. It's the exact same thing as the Embiid injury. Yeah. Except for they called it a torn meniscus and not a displaced flap. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bad timing, I think, mostly for Dyson Daniels because he had kind of just reestablished himself in the rotation for the Pelicans. Fell out in, you know, December and January playing like 15 minutes a game. Now he's back up to 23, but... I think they can survive this. Uh, they're losing their size option at point guard because obviously CJ McCollum is the starter. Alvarado comes in as a defensive energizer guy. And Daniels would be the rangier, lengthier defender. Uh, but it just means more minutes for Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy the third, Jordan Hawkins probably returns to the lineup as well uh, more often, and Najee Marshall. This is a really, really deep team. Yeah. So losing a guy off the bench is not the biggest blow to a team like the Pelicans. Yeah. And they didn't trade someone like Herb Jones even at the deadline. True. They do yep. have him, and he's really instrumental to their defense. It just sucks. It feels like, have the Pelicans ever gone more than like, two months, three months without like a, a pretty significant injury to at least a, a key player. Cause it like the last three, four years, it's always one or two guys. Like even Trey Murphy, the third in September, he had the torn meniscus uh, or a similar injury there with the meniscus. And that was repaired through surgery. And he was out for a while. He came back like in late November, but it's always one of their guys. That's it's just, they can never stay completely healthy. Uh, which sucks, but hopefully it's nothing uh, too severe. But Daniels is an awesome defender. I'm with you, Tass. I think he would get some votes. I'm not sure he would make that sort of all-defensive second mm -hmm. team yet, but you could see one in his future because uh, that's where he's, he's going to make his money in this league. Yeah, he 
should get a contract. There's uh, there's some comparisons out there coming around for, for Matisse Thibel in, in that light, but this guy can score a little bit. He can't, you know, he, he does try and shoot the three, but yeah, he's just so damn good on the defensive end. He, he, him and the Pelicans. I mean, Trey went through the roster there. They all play freaking hard. Mm-hmm. So, Najee Marshall, who's been getting some limited minutes here and there, uh, will play a lot more. Um, there's lots. There's lots of guys to play. Uh, let's move over to NBC Sports. The headline is the Miami Heat's Terry Rozier, week to week, with sprained knee, and uh, Richardson out weeks with dislocated shoulder. Did the Heat maybe dodge a pair of bullets here with the MRIs that we got Monday, or is this, um, you know, still bad news? Is this newsworthy to you? Uh, newsworthy, but definitely could have been worse, specifically with Rozier. It looked like a really bad yeah. non-contact injury. The Heat have uh, one game left against the Bucks tonight. Or no, I guess no, they got the, they got the Bucks and, and 76ers yeah. Yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday, so maybe those are losses, but maybe those were losses anyway since they're both road games. Then it's the All-Star break. So they get a little bit of time for uh, Rozier to rest up, knock off the rust. They need him to figure out the chemistry there. Uh, and then since he's moved into the starting lineup, he's going to be obviously a big part of their team. Uh, Josh Richardson, I don't think it, they will miss quite as much, though he's had a pretty solid season. This, to me, is just an opportunity for Caleb Martin to step up and actually play as well as he did last year. He's made 42 threes this season. He made 44 in the playoffs last year. <laughs> 23 games in the playoffs he was hitting. Uh, so... There will be minutes on the wing, I do believe, for Caleb Martin. He's still been playing. Uh, he just needs to actually knock down some shots. Heater's still two and a half games up on the Bulls for eighth right now. I th- I'd probably hold on to it. Mm. Yeah, Caleb Martin made that awesome shot from over the backboard a couple days ago. That was pretty cool. He needs to play and play better in this instance. Uh, I do feel like the Heater just happy seeing the reports come back of Terry Rozier, who's going to be week to week in, in terms of his uh, evaluation. So, as as Trey brought up, there's some days off here at the All Star yeah. break, uh, and Josh Richardson, you know, to he he has been coming off the bench be behind Terry Rozier. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. So, it could have been a heck of a lot worse. Uh, but as the schedule says, as you, as you, you broke down the schedule there. Um, there's there's days there's what we got you get Friday Saturday Sunday Monday you get almost get a week uh and as I was saying about uh, if you're basically gonna pick up an injury that's gonna keep you out a week or two now's the perfect time to do it is what you're saying there's yeah. no better During time. The break. Yep. yeah there's yep. no better time so this is good news with these MRIs not being too severe Terry Rozier has struggled in Miami is the other part of this he's averaging 12.6 points per game in the 10 games he's played, shooting 36% from the field and 23% from deep. This guy was lighting it up for Charlotte, like was scoring a lot more and had a better efficiency. So he just has struggled in Miami. And yeah, Richardson was, I think he was helping, but uh, he's going to be out more than Rozier. Jimmy Butler obviously is missing games here because uh, of a uh, death in his family. He's listed out tonight. Duncan Robinson is questionable with a sprained left elbow and shoulder, likely from mm-hmm. the Jalen Brown sort of uh, locking up there. So... They are short guys. I know they're calling guys up from like their G League that are maybe going to get a get a chance here tonight. And you can always pull one off, just like the Philadelphia 76ers did yesterday right. here but before the break. I mean, it's heat culture, baby. Yeah, I mean, whoever these up. random G League guys they pull up are going to sign $20 million contracts in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. This is a blessing in disguise for them. Uh, next one here from SI. Patrick Beverly says Marcus Morris leaning towards signing with Wolves. Let me give you the whole tweet. 
Because this guy's the new Shams. He's the new Woj. It's a pet bev bomb. Pet bomb. The tweet read, seasoned forward and offensive threat, Marcus Morris is leaning towards signing with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Per sources, his veteran presence will provide a winning culture to any team looking for a playoff boost. And then there's a pic there of, of Morris himself, who played with Bev in Philadelphia. I, I guess uh, I got to know, TK, is this news, Patrick Beverly, an active player, you know, breaking news? Yeah, 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 I guess so. You don't see a sourced report from a player podcast all that often. I wonder how he got the info. <laughs> from a text, probably. Or yeah, a probably. Hey, man, who are you signing with? You mind if I tell people? Cool. I guess they'll help the Wolves uh, if he decides to sign there. The Wolves are middle of the pack in threes made per game. And if there's anything Marcus Morris is good at, it's shooting threes. He's 40% from the field. Gives him a decent option outside of Kyle Anderson, who has seen his jumper completely abandon him this mm-hmm. season. Patrick Beverly, breaking news via Twitter, but he ain't writing this. He did not write. Seasoned forward and offensive threat Marcus Morris is leaning towards yeah. signing with the Minnesota Timberwolves, per sources. Made me what, laugh. Why would he write that? Why would, <laughs> his veteran presence will provide a winning culture to any team looking for a playoff boost. Okay, maybe he wrote I that. I mean, he could have wrote it because it's like in the mocking tone I read it in as like some of the other newsbreakers, like Seasoned. the heavy hitters. Like It's because they sometimes do that in their tweets where yeah. it's like, this is why so-and-so is leaning towards towards signing here and this is what he will bring to the table per sources so you think pat bev is potentially just copying a, a newsbreaker a little in bit in the way that they i think he's things. mocking a little bit yeah. Oh, yeah that's that's my read into it whether he actually sent the tweet or told somebody in his team there at the uh, pat bev podcast to do it maybe so it's more likely this. that yeah, yeah yeah it's a magic johnson situation is what i'm Could getting be. at here yeah you say, say hey seasoned vet say this season forward <laughs> I love seasoned. Yeah, seasoned. Do you think uh, Marcus Morris moves the needle at all for Minnesota? Or like like Trey said, you know, some shooting. There you go. Hard-nosed guy. It's nice to have him in the locker room. Uh, that's that's prime. That's true. That's the primary thing, I think. Okay. Uh, you know, he helps out teams. Um, just like Roan, I imagine, is helping out the uh, the Twitter account. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Okay. I'm okay. Just, just guessing. I, listen, all these tweets coming out. There was the Family Circus uh, comic talk earlier to start this show. I got to subscribe to an actual newspaper again. I want a newspaper. I want a hard copy on my door. The Pat the Bev Times. Hey, the hey we're, ta- Times. we're taking a flight soon to Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Who's getting the crossword? USA Today. <laughs> that's buddy. right. That's right. We got to tackle it as a team. Trey does most of the work. <laughs> All right. Final, uh, final headline here. It's from The Athletic. A real website. J.J. Redick joining ESPN's NBA Finals broadcast team with Mike Breen and Doris Burke. Is this news? What do you think? This is news. There's definitely both sides. People who dislike J.J. Redick and people who love him. Yeah. The f- fact is, this guy loves the snot out of the game. He, lo- <laughs> he loves basketball so much. So I am totally good with this. He has been rumored to join a lot of coaching staffs. He got a freaking Raptors head coaching interview. Uh, he rejected Joe Mazzulla's offer to be on the Celtics staff before this season. Actually, he was out golfing with Joe Mazzulla and Austin Ainge. And he was asked, hey, uh, when, when are you going to join? And apparently Joe Mazzulla said, well, you got to come be on the, be on our staff in two days. And JJ Reddick said, "Oh no, I got I got plans." He thought to himself, "I got to go golfing in yeah, a couple of weeks." Exactly. Um, Pablo Torre finds out great pod with JJ Reddick. He coaches his son Knox Reddick. 
He coaches that team, the heck out of that team. Knox Reich beat uh, Josh Hart in a three-point contest. Oh, wow. There's a video of that. Uh, God, you are coming with facts today, man. Yeah, well, you. I listened to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, J.J. Redick. a lot today. What's wrong, what's wrong with him being beside Doris Burke mm-hmm. and Breen? And Breen. Nothing, no. nothing. I know, there was a lot of hate. There's a lot of, I hate J.J. Oh. Redick. I mean, that guy just likes playing. He, yeah, he likes, mean, he's, he's been a long-hated hold, fellow. Hold, hold yeah. on, let's make this very clear. If you are a, a national broadcaster, <laughs> there are people that love you and there are people that hate you, no matter who you are. There are people yeah. that love Doris Burke and there are people that do dislike Doris Burke on the call. Uh, and, yeah, and, then, and that there was. same thing with Jeff Van Gundy and obviously Mark Jackson. So that's nothing new. But uh, yeah, Redick is going to, in theory, slide into that spot vacated by Doc Rivers who was there, what, three months into his... Uh, his many weeks of his service. His three-year contract, yeah, and as he returned to the Bucks, And uh, so we will see J.J. go from, you know, the 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 number two team, that's who Redick was with, with uh, Ruko, Ryan Ruko and, and Richard Jefferson, and they're slotting him up. Now it'll be interesting to see, will it just stay Ruko and Jefferson? Will they find a third name uh, in the in the report here? Maybe Bob Myers is that guy. They want to get him on, on the call a lot more, so possible but what do you think of reddick on the finals call with with breen and with doris a lot of the reason that was given for espn and abc moving on from jeff van gundy and mark jackson was that they were too negative on the broadcast that it sometimes felt like they didn't like the sport that they were watching i don't think that's the case at all with doris burke and jj reddick they both love the snot out of basketball (laughs) so i think it'll be fun uh to listen to i think jj is super well prepared i listened to one of his podcasts today and that was my other takeaway Depending on which teams make it to the finals, this will be the most podcasted NBA finals we've ever seen. Imagine mm. if either the Clips or the Warriors makes it, and then the Bucks makes it from the Eastern Conference. You would have both sides having player podcasts and a broadcaster podcast. Jeez. That's too much. Wow. That's yeah, a lot. <laughs> it's going to be like when Lost was on television and you had to be in the forums and the message boards yeah. to know what was going on. You got to listen to all of these episodes to get the full view of the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Draymond is joining Charles Barkley for an alternate All-Star Game podcast telecast. All-Star Game telecast, I should say. Okay. I was going to say podcast telecast because Draymond podcast, maybe he's going to podcast about his telecast. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, him him and Charles are going to be doing the alternate telecast. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of telecasts out sure, there. Sure, sure. I, wa- I wish I watched the SpongeBob Super Bowl. Yeah. That would have been fun. Yeah. I heard it was good. <laughs> Some of the clips were funny. <laughs> they look super funny. I, I are you more, you, you're more of a SpongeBob fan than a Tony Romo fan? <laughs> it breaks down the game? Kind of. Uh, are you? Uh, wow. Yeah. You don't Tom Kenny and Patrick. <laughs> SpongeBob and Patrick were there live commenting on the game. It was yeah. great. <laughs> Did uh, you you really fired it up? Yeah. I went back out? and yeah. forth a little nice. bit. Yeah. Nice. It was fun. Yeah, so they were doing it with two broadcasters as well. There's, There's two broadcasters. I don't know who the other guys were, on the, like actual broadcasters, but... Yeah, yeah. they're big-name broadcasters. Um, was Nate Burleson on it? Oh, yeah, Nate Burleson. That's a good call. Was. That's a good okay. call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a third Super Bowl broadcast? No. <laughs> no, that was with SpongeBob. That was with oh, SpongeBob. Hey, with SpongeBob, <laughs> Patrick? Patrick, and the Sponge other and Pat? Yeah. <laughs> it was It was two animated characters. Well, no, two... They were animated. It wasn't great. It was like 3D animated, yeah. you know. yeah. There was once a time when they wanted to do that with one of you guys at uh, at Turner. Excuse me. Yeah, an animated <laughs> avatar. Oh, it of was us. pitched to us. You want? They wanted to cartoon us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't they just give them Beaker? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it works for this. It's like Nickelodeon. And there's there's like jellyfish flying by, and uh, you know, yeah. hell yeah, it was cool. cool. It was, yeah, it was two, neat. 
two people in the booth, actual people, <laughs> beside two animated people. That's what was yes, happening yeah. at the telecast, which uh, is amazing. But this is, it is a different finals that we're going to experience, obviously, with no Van Gundy, yeah, and no Doc Rivers, and no, <laughs> no Doc, Doc Rivers, Rivers. <laughs> no Mark yeah, Jackson. Yeah. So, yeah, they were going to go Doc, Doris, and Breen, but J.J. Redick is... He's, he's going to be very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see this popular comment on The Athletic. Why did they need to find a replacement for Doc Rivers? He'll still be available during the NBA Finals. Oh, hi old. That was good. <laughs> Had like 100 likes on the uh, in The Athletic there. Uh, yeah, are you a fan of Redick joining Burke and Breen? Let us know. Are you a fan of J.J. Redick on the call? Again, like you said, uh, you know Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, the biggest knock against them, no doubt. Do these guys even like basketball? They're always like just whining. <laughs> yeah. But the opposite side of it is some people think it can get too lovey-dovey and everything's too great and maybe not critical enough. I'm not saying JJ's that, but yeah. that's that's where you're obviously trying to find the, 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 the right line, I guess. But yeah, people have opinions on this stuff. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Uh, just a really quick uh, results check here. Poll of the day. Which happens first for Victor Wembanyama? Oh. A 5 by 5 or a quadruple double? 52% of people say a 5 by 5 Okay. That's well, a close, 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 close. Very close. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I like that we're just assuming he'll get either, as if they happen <laughs> all the time. But it definitely feels like He's going to get one of them. I, I'm very confident in that. Yeah. He's I've, played 50 two, games. And look at the stats he's games, yeah. and it's so close already. Yeah. As, uh, as you brought yeah. up, there's only five quadruple doubles in the history of the game i was a little surprised i thought it was higher but yeah but the spurs yeah would have three of six as soon as Wembenyama does it 
because um, of Albert, Alvin Robertson and David uh, Robinson. David Robinson. Yeah. yeah, the Robinson. Yeah, the combo of assists and blocks is just rare. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. We needed a Josh McRoberts to be. <laughs> to <win that. laughs> Josh, Josh McRoberts. What a dumb reference for a guy who passes. <laughs> Anyways, tweet of the night is more like story time because when Marcus Gasol retired a couple of weeks back, I mentioned that there was this picture of him waiting in an anthropology <laughs> that I could no longer find yeah, on the internet. It was scrubbed from the internet. I was looking everywhere. I tracked down the tweet. From the woman who sent it originally, and it turns out she had deleted her Twitter profile, taking the photo along with it. I thought it was gone forever. Just something in my mind that maybe I made up. Mm. However, however, I said, if you can find this picture, send it to us. And the people came through in a big way because we got a, te- uh, a message from Cassidy Cockrell, is her name, Okay. on Instagram. She said, hi. I had a bunch of message requests today asking me for the picture I took of Marcus Gasol in Anthropology back in 2015, and people told me that your podcast mentioned it. I wanted to share it with you guys in case y'all wanted it. Oh, Cassie. Yes. Have a look at this. There it yes. is. Marcus Gasol in an Anthropology. <laughs> I didn't remember he had his baby with him. No. Oh, no. That was a, a funny <laughs> addition to me as well, but... Uh, Great to see. I know our guy Jerome was messaging with Cassidy. I know another one of our guys, Graphic Mark, was messaging with Cassidy. I don't know how many other people were, but we found the picture, and she also sent in another photo of herself actually getting to meet Marcus. Oh wow! And you know, looking at the decorations, that's still an anthropology. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. What a great guy! <laughs> what a great guy. He'll play with a baby. Well, you go do your shopping, and then he'll take a picture with you. He's not ashamed. <laughs> not at all. I remember that photo. That's <laughs> so memories. funny. Now that you yeah, see it, it eh? Funny, yeah. Just play with a baby. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you, Cassidy. Yeah, big for, time thank for you. For sending that in. Yeah. And just uh, before we go here, to bring it back to the Nickelodeon uh, broadcast, uh, one of the things they did, JD, you'll know this, is that they were showing fans yeah. in the stands. Yeah. I want to know what was the best pun here, okay? <laughs> Clamuel L. Jackson. It's not it's easy to say. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Out the gate, that's good. Oprah Finfrey. Okay. Mm. Billy Eilish. Okay. Oh. Okay. And then, and I saw a TK tweet about this, sitting next, uh, side by side in the stands, LeBron James and Finn Diesel. I mean, that's it, right? So so I saw Trey tweet this, and didn't you say something like, why would these two sitting beside each other, when have they ever sat beside each other? And then somebody came back in your comments (laughs) with a photo of Vin Diesel, yeah, right by LeBron James. It's amazing. So, yeah, which one do you like of those? Those are all pretty good. I think you're, if you put a poll out there, you'd get like a 25, 25, 24, 26. <laughs> That's a close race. Yeah. I like a pro, LeBron James. I always like saying that word. I like saying the word prod. I mean, there there are photos of them too, right? That's the like it, like Clamuel Jackson is very funny. He's got the you know Kangol hat on and the glasses and the goatee. <laughs> so they're all good. They're that would have been the most fun part of doing that yeah. broadcast, oh like God, the yeah. brainstorm session. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> They should bring us in to uh, consult for some of these. But maybe they don't need our help because they're knocking it out of the park here. Scheduled for two hours, but it goes like six hours. <laughs> Can't stop saying no. names. Uh, <laughs> it was, it, uh, Jerome tells us, by the way, thanks to Ash for uh, sharing those in the Slack channel here. Uh, Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson. It was the, other, it was the other bird. It was the I young bird. I knew it was Noah Eagle. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, we yeah. should have kno- known that. Yeah, yeah. I actually read an article about 
right. the telecast where no eagle was asked about it, about broadcasting with a couple animated characters. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, Great I, stuff. We, I told uh, Grish because we were having the Super Bowl party and he had uh, we were inside, but he's got the uh, projector on the porch and all there was a million kids. And I told him at one point, I was like, you put the put the Nickelodeon one on out there. They might eat that up. Yeah. But I think he was confused. I don't think he knew what I was talking about. But then mm. he told us a great Nate Burleson story, which... Uh, <laughs> Saved his life. <laughs> I'll save it for another day. It. I'll save it for another day. Is uh, Noah Eagle a pun for anything? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, man. <laughs> it would be Noah Siegel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could have played in the, uh, the Puppy Bowl, Noah Beagle. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I'll end it there. I can't do better than that. Hey, join us tonight. I'm at least jumping on. I don't know what these guys are doing, but playback. I'm going to jump on there around 8.30. Look at the thunder magic on TNT. I was like, all right, respect. Okay. okay. Oh, two teams you don't get to see uh, on a national boys. broadcast all that much. So I think it starts at 7.30. I'll jump on around halftime. We'll catch the ending of uh, that one and maybe some of the other earlier games. So, uh, yeah, join us on playback at Around 8.30, that link, uh, I'll make sure to add it to the show notes. And, uh, yeah, hopefully see you over there in our playback room. Until tonight or tomorrow morning here from the Classic Factory, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Oh, thanks for joining us. And remember, I love circling back on the Knicks. I talked about them playing a team that had a back-to-back. It is that Magic team. Plays tonight, then plays the Knicks tomorrow. There we go. Brace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.